Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my coffee-swilling co-host, Mikhail Christiansen. How are things going, Mikhail? Um, yeah, they are uh, going. Uh, <laughs> rolling day uh, day by day. Um, another one between cradle and grave. Yeah, um, yeah can't complain. Um, sitting here in Stockholm, uh, having been through a really intense rehearsal period with a show I used to play um, years ago yeah. that is being pulled back from the grave. And uh, yeah, we're pretty close to premiere. I think we have two rehearsal days left and then we play it. So yeah, nice, nice. That is, that's been my life the last week. <laughs> How about you? Thing. Yeah, I've been pretty good. I've just been swerving the Rona. I feel like I have basically been like neo in the matrix just dodging bullets this whole time i haven't got it i'll be vaccinated and all that shit as well but i think just my hermit lifestyle is really helping it helps to not yeah. leave the house Ed. yeah it does help. <laughs> it helps like and not it also helps it yeah. helps also living in in the middle of the countryside like you do yeah no it's good it's good that's basically what i've been doing it's kind of yeah new year new me resolutions time and everything that's gonna, mm. yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I, I actually had the had I had the the Rona from like during Christmas. So basically, like we cancelled all the parties and stuff, which kind of sucked. Didn't have any symptoms except runny nose for one day, so I was pretty much fine. As I said to my friend, because uh, I was like training every day, uh, and I like she asked me like, "Oh my god, how's the symptoms?" And I said like, "My symptoms are one runny nose, second infinite power because <laughs> i was like just ridiculously strong all those days but i yeah i, I basically was pretty much symptom free so yeah. that was that was that and uh yeah now like within the circus company where we're we're a bunch of people and there's a lot of technicians and a lot of shit of course people are getting it so it's kind of hard to know how all right it, it might be canceled for all i know or at least some shows canceled like our light technician got it our sound technician got it like last week or two days ago or whatever it was yeah. so yeah basically impossible to keep at bay these days but they all seem fine so i hope the shows will go ahead because we've rehearsed our fucking asses off so uh, it would be miserable to have to cancel stuff right now yeah that would be miserable kind of funny as well though no it wouldn't be funny at all it'd be terrible no actually it wouldn't yeah. be funny at all because like we've we've busted our asses to to get this show back back yeah. up and running because like it's for my part it's not that bad because all my training is or all, everything i do in the show like my regular training is very very relevant to that yeah like i don't do anything like like many of the other artists are basically doing things in the show that they would never ever do in any other context um ah, nice. like super specific uh setups of ropes or like all kinds of very niche things that, are, that were created for the show that they haven't trained for. I think last time we played it was in, let's see, it was April 2016. That's the last time the show played. It was in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, many of the things haven't really been done by people since then. So, uh, And then there's, like, a massive setup. There's so much just, like, shit that needs to be done with a rig. And we had a new stage technician and 
she had to learn a million billion cues and all kinds of stuff so yeah. it's been like a lot of time in the in the in the production hall just like hours in hours out for people trying to figure out how they actually how things were rigged before and how to make it work again uh, like and then like people getting covid um yeah it's just been like a yeah little bit of a of a rough spot and also like the guy in the show the guy named alex who's maybe like he's the most involved character in the show or like the one that has like all of his scenes basically require a ridiculous amount of setup yeah because he basically is a like he walks on slack ropes but he also plays violin he 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 does in one of the scenes involves him doing uh playing the violin on a unicycle on the slack rope and there being an enormous ridiculous setup involving me to to make that scene happen uh and he's gonna have a kid uh and due date is two days after premiere so basically on a show day or one day i don't know but like basically we're in inside all of this mess we are creating what we call the baby show, which sums our ultimate version without him, which might have to be played, but who knows? We are also rehearsing in three people who are going to be replacements for other artists that can either do just one, like part of the part yeah. of the shows. And the pregnant lady, she's also in the show. So basically, um, <laughs> her replacement is already fully rehearsed in, but it is just it's just a never-ending kind of clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, we've done run-throughs, and it's 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 close to being being there, and it's kind of it's it's really fun to to play it again since it's yeah six years since since I touched the material, and it's really fucking physically heavy. But been training really systematically for the last two months to to get ready for it, and now I feel like I'm made of steel and can handle the workload. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we get. Uh, one get to play the show and two get any fucking audience <laughs> so, um, <laughs> playing the show the empty theaters are you going to stream it at all anywhere yeah. is any of the venues going to stream it i don't know i i kind of think they should because they they have like audience restrictions and shit in sweden which means that like we might not get that many in the theater whatsoever yeah. uh but i i have no idea i'm i'm basically just my entire kind of uh uh, attitude to this is I show up, I do the shit I need to do, I'm present for whatever the others need. Yeah. But like the, all the admin part of things, there are people working around the clock to make that work. And I don't think uh, I have much to contribute uh, yeah. to that with right and now. That's kind of nice when but, you're like yeah, a, it's, a company that does that and has everything segregated. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's it's Sirkar, so they're, they're a big ass company. Yeah. They're like they've been touring shows since 95. So they all of that stuff is is done by a team of of professionals whereas like with my own company Val, we are doing all of that ourselves yeah. that's kind of a like we need to do to kind of organize all of that but of course we're we're far from the size and like we don't have a massive rig and setup and stuff that yeah. needs to travel and transport and all that crap but uh, yeah i have um, a proposal cool. i'm just going to throw this out obviously if it's not going to work it's not going to work but would it be possible to like get a recording of the show and we could do a, a watch party? <laughs> yeah, I I think that like the I think they have policies for that that like because they do have videos, like old videos and stuff, but I don't think they're 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 allowed to be showed to to um, how about a recording of like your a recording of your act 
and we'll do handstand coach reacts to Mikhail's. <laughs> I actually have I have recordings of like of of some of the pieces I do. Yeah. Uh, so we 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 could certainly look at that someday. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, I have one from probably 2015 or something when we played it. Um, but it, it's kind of weird because like returning to the show and doing everything like the body remembers all of the the sound cues and where you are at the right time yeah. and. Like even the physicality of it is kind of. It took me a little bit of time to to get the stamina for certain scenes, but uh, like I run a lot and I do a lot of kind of like dance acro shit. Um, but it's cool. Like and doing, I did some modifications on on kind of my my acro dance piece here with the choreographer two days ago, and it was also pretty sick because I mean, since I played the show, I've been developing a lot as like just stage wise and as as kind of confidence wise and as an artist uh so i was working with like this lady who was helping me with making the act way back yeah. and um like so we worked and she she gave me some interesting feedback and she said like yeah you have that i have i have basically so much more to play on now as a person rather than like i don't need to be as physical in in the act anymore because i have like I just have more facets to to yeah. the expression on stage, and that's really cool because it's it's a very physical piece anyway. Uh, but we found some really interesting ways of just creating more contrast between what's very physical and violent, and what's yeah. and by basically making parts of it much more minimal and much more calm. Um, and I was just improvising a bit with her uh, and doing nice. the thing, and uh, like I'm working with this large mess of tangled threads, and at one point I kind of crashed with all of that on top of me, and I was. And I kind of sit there and like with all of it over me. And then it was really funny because like there was a little ant that was crawling on one of the threads. And I was sitting in there and I picked it up. And I was like, hey, that's an ant. And I blew on it. Like I blew the ant away from the thread. And she's like, that you keep. The blowing on the thread is great. And I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. <laughs> so um, interesting to, to find how just um, having grown as, as a performer um, plays a large role yeah. in you. Uh, by by making it yeah physically easy. so that's cool nice. so yeah that's a long rant about all that shit um yeah yeah handstands handstands let's get into it as uh first off now that we've done our intro let's do our chat about what we're doing i suppose we are back for season three of the handstand cast and as you know it is a cast about handstands so i figure today we go all the way back to the start and go what is a handstand the handstand yeah basically that's our topic today Anything about handstands? I think it is always that kind of thing of like, I think very in the very first episode, we kind of proposed a definition of what is a handstand. I wonder if that definition still holds true. Yeah, and I, 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 I wonder what you said. Yeah, I <laughs> proposed, yeah, I proposed the definition, I think, or we came together, was the handstand is standing, balancing on the hands, not necessarily in an inverted position where your hands are the only point of contact with the ground, either one or two hands or no hands. Well, that's a headstand then or floating uh, in contact with the ground with uh, no other support being provided. Yeah, I would also, I guess, um, um, the criteria of, of, of having to balance the body is, I guess, in it depends. It's uh, 
in the traditional sense, maybe it's uh, it's not optional. But I mean, if you're a hand to hand flyer and you just stay there as a stick oh. and your face is balancing you, well, you're 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 still doing a handstand regardless of whether or not you're balancing it. Uh, if you're walking, you're also like you're adjusting balance, but you're not staying in place. Yeah, uh, but it's I think that's covered by, by balance. Like, yeah, because you can have static yeah, and dynamic yeah, and balancing. Yeah, yeah, it is because because you 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 move the 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 base of support. So yes, you are you are by definition balancing. I guess I mean if you if you're against a wall, um, uh, I in you in theory in theory you are balancing it. It it even though your feet are touching, it's just that the the way you're balancing it is extremely much easier. Like you do yeah. not need to do even like a one tenth of 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 the balance corrections that you you need to do. But I suppose the balance has been uh, freestanding maintained a different way if you're against the wall because like, you're yeah. not. Let's just say your invert your position over your hands is being maintained by actually locking and pushing through the hands. Whereas, like you know, we've you know you've had doing these in the workshop. I've had these type of people who just haven't got the arm strength to actually keep their arms locked. And they yeah. if you put them against the wall, they collapse to the floor. And they need to work up mm-hmm. on general strength. So then, yeah, their balance in this inverted position, even though it's supported balance or not a free balance, is still being maintained mm-hmm. via something. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, and and put anyone up against a wall like after enough time has passed, they will not be able to maintain the position anymore. Yeah. Um, like depending on their level, but at one point there you won't be able to. Uh, gravity always wins. Uh, but um, yeah, like I mean, that is just getting anal about like the details. Of course, we are you know, on average talking about like balance as something being like the adjustments. Uh, happening from the body in real time and yes a wall handstand is a handstand a hand-to-hand handstand is a handstand but if we're talking about the the traditional sense of it uh, i.e that you are keeping yourself in balance and if we get even more detailed you're keeping yourself in balance in a fixed point uh neither by walking or jumping or so um i get i guess that that is kind of the the most, uh, at least in in the sense that we use it uh, yeah. for hand balancing, is, is is certainly the most relevant. And then I think that's kind uh, of a good point, actually, because there is we could extrapolate this this kind of handstand, like what is standing on the hands, like what is leaning on the hands, is leaning leaning against the wall. Let's say I'm standing up and I lean against the wall because I'm slightly tired or just chilling out. Am I still standing or am I leaning? Whereas with say a handstand against mm-hmm. the wall. Am I standing or am I leaning? Or is it both? Is it a combination? Mm. Is leaning a form of standing? Uh, you know, if uh, if I'm really drunk, uh, my friends are like <laughs> holding me up, am I still standing? <laughs> or am I being supported? Whereas if someone is doing a handstand on a flyer, are they still standing or are they being supported? Or handstand on a base? I think uh, yeah, it's, it's, this um, is like, this is philosophy, handstand philosophy 105. Yeah, it's like- Handstand existentialist uh, questioning, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, but yeah, looking about looking at if we kind of move move away from all of the various um, how to say uh, different methods of of staying up there. If, if we assume that we're we're we we need to to keep balance ourselves by rebalancing the body, because rebalancing is is 
not strictly necessary in hand-to-hand and it's not strictly necessary uh, if you're leaning enough on the wall all you need to do is just uh, exert uh, the amount like the appropriate amount of pressure to not fall down um, uh, through your shoulders and then then you are able to stay there mm. but if you have to handle the the movements of the of the body structure and of of everything that's going on when you're when you're trying to stand on your hands in free space, then of course free like rebalancing as as an action is the um, is also a defining factor I would say. Um, and again, the rebalancing will be very dependent on a, like a myriad of 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 parameters. While just like the exerting force. Uh, uh, upwards so that you do not fall down while you're on the wall is very kind of it's very linear it's very um, simple in relationship because you just you just do that that force pump and yeah. that's it whereas if you if you need to rebalance like that that can depend tons on on your body structure and your flexibility and your blah 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 and your, your strength even your like, control that's the, that's the kind of thing yeah, like and your your yeah the balance is Balance, like your balance is dictated by like your ability to exert force in the correct direction, but also it's you know, controlled by your ability to sense where you're going, calculate the vector needed to apply the force in the correct counter direction of where you're falling, apply the force, and then reduce the force at the right point to come back into balance. Mm. So there's kind of yeah. like, there's a hardware thing of like, okay, am I strong enough? Or then there's the software thing of like, can I actually sense which direction I'm going? I think that's a yeah. I think this is one of the things that's very captivating about handstands is there's not just like it's not just a a simple strength problem or a simple coordination problem. It's a bit of both mixed together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a lot of lot of it mixed together, <laughs> and uh, but I I think that like it's. Um, um yeah the the strength thing is 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 certainly very very important um and as we've talked about before it's not less it's not in the um, or it it's so easy to to um uh, i mean misunderstand this wrong word but to put the wrong uh connotations to strength uh in a handstand context yeah um and it's kind of uh, being, um, how to say, uh, influenced by I feel the like general kind of cultural ideas around strength that like if if you can apply less strength that is better. Like the classical, like you you see it a lot in martial arts too. I remember when I was younger, it's just like oh yeah, but you're just if you move the right way, you don't need strength, uh, which is true to a which is true to a degree right i mean but it but then it's like the classical kind of uh aikido myths of just the guy who well he hasn't he doesn't need strength because he has ascended past the need of strength so he just moves perfectly and then people fly out the window when he yeah. sidesteps uh which yes they're, they're like again to a degree it's true you you move absolutely perfectly and you you need very little force but on average, you will usually not move exactly perfectly every single time. So, yeah. uh, building up the hardware is just—it's just a very—it's just a very basic thing that is is necessary. Like, and I, th- I think 
as we talked about before, like the, the, the number one, maybe the number one place where it's evident, like one, of course, like, are you able to keep your body weight on your arms to some degree? That is, that is a very defining one. And then the other more elusive one is the, is like, if you're in a handstand and you grip with your fingers, are you able to, to move your body structure with, with the absolute hardest force of, of the grip yeah. uh, on the floor? And if not, if you're, if your absolute hardest gripping force on the floor is not enough to move your your body at all in a straight handstand, then then that needs to be built uh, if you want to maintain the position. Yeah, that is definitely, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. It's like okay, if you have them in, then technically you have all needed to do a handstand, whereas everything else is just style points on top of that, I suppose, and aesthetic choices. Mm. definitely yeah, yeah. Um, there's something you said back there was kind of interesting actually just back to segue back to the Aikido idea that there's this great YouTube channel to watch a bit or it's very well done very well done where some guy I think it's martial arts journey I think but if you look it up Aikido fail or something like that where this guy mm. was an Aikido instructor like balls deep had a dojo had everything everything and then got mugged or Something and then he tried his Aikido and none of it worked in a real pressure mm. situation. So he just basically mm. was like, oh, why isn't it working? And then just basically abandoned Aikido, went into MMA mm. and, you know, proper kind of going around. He has actually come back to someone who was actually able to show him that Aikido can work in a live pressure tested mm. situation, which is not the way mm. you would think. So it's kind of just interesting that, like, a lot of these things are, oh, we need perfect technique, and if your technique is perfect, you don't need strength. I'm like, well, yes, but how do you get to perfection of you know stuff when you're in a chaotic environment? Or there's mm. the abstraction, and is this kind of, I think it's one of the things that's very important that it's. I've only really learned, I knew this from juggling and object manipulation kind of things, but in more intuitive sense, but... It's one of those things that I didn't really think of of how important it is in Hansan in the last year or two where it's a bit more formalized. Where we have we have the training and we have the doing. And the training is not the same as the doing. And that's they can be very similar, but if you're still in this kind of zone where you're like thinking about what is the optimal alignment of my elbow, is my elbow focusing? You're not doing, you're focusing on a correction. You're trying to do a correction. And that's fine, it's a very important part of the training. But then at a certain point you kind of have to like just do the thing and see what happens. And that's when you begin mm. to see like where the the actual holes in your technique are, where the actual flaws are. And mm. it's kind of like abandon correction is kind of the idea of just do it. Just like, it's kind of like we have it in some of the programs in the play sections, just do stuff, see what happens. Yeah. But it is yeah, more, like, it's, it's so common in circus. Cause like, if we think about it, like, yeah, we have our training, our classes and other stuff. You have your rope, but then you also have your improv sessions where you have like, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to see what happens. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, it's an important side of the training. It's sort of maybe, you know, there is like, I will do my handstands. I'll do my rebalance. I'll do this. And then there has to be like a certain point, like, oh, I'm just going to do some handstands. And you just do them. You don't bother yeah. thinking about your technique or if your toes are pointed or anything. But mm-hmm. I think that happens like at beginner stages, like, because there's that kind of like, you know, you're learning, you're working your wall drills, you're doing everything, you're learning to rebalance, you're getting all this. And then at a certain point, you can do handstands. You're like, okay, awesome, I can just do handstands. And some people are perfectly happy, and that's where their handstand career stops, and that's great. But then, 
at a certain point, people get a bit more technically focused and are on this constant quest for constant perfection. They kind of forget about that stage just standing on the hands. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's 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 also uh the yeah the quest for perfection thing and it's it's kind of inverted in one sense because it's it's easy to imagine that yeah this person does like does perfect technique and hence it's so easy while the reason the person can do perfect technique is because they've done like a thousand and thousands of hours uh of suboptimal technique which leads ultimately to just all of the all of the required attributes to be able to to do it properly, including strength, including flexibility, including awareness, yeah. speed of corrections, etc., 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 and that comes as a result of of or then then that look of the technical perfection comes from from that rather than from applying a single point of of technical or, or of a tech of a technical idea um, and. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's. Um, I was I was thinking of, of about, or I was t- talking with with my colleague uh, Joey Martinio, who I work with now in in this show, uh, about this the other day, and in regards to when you're yeah, learning and applying something, you you need to oscillate between being self conscious about what you're doing and then letting go of that self consciousness as you do. Yeah. Um, because, like, if you're if you're expending brain power on 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 focusing on every itty bitty part of your body, you're not focusing on the doing, like the actual execution of 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 uh, of the movement. Uh, and it's the same with anything. Like when you learn in the beginning, you are very self conscious about everything. Think language, think dancing, anything. Like you're yeah. you're 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 insecure. You're you're trying, but you're you're kind of stumbling uh, forwards. But that's how it has to be. Like there's no there's no way to just suddenly snap and, and you have it. Uh, it you you need this time of inching forwards, um, and the self consciousness thing is something that you over time start getting rid of as you don't need to be in that brain space anymore and you you and sometimes when you're learning something new you need you need to go back into that brain space of thinking and 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 analyzing and so on but then you need to when you do you do uh because like and the reason that we were talking about this is because in the show joey is doing uh her act is basically on these canes that are about five meters in the air um from floor to where the cane is yeah so it's pretty high there is the the platform is very small uh the platform kind of wobbles weirdly because it's attached to this truss the canes move and then the platform moves it's it's very awkward to be up there and uh i've done one arms up there as well and it's it's it feels a bit sketchy obviously because it's really (laughs) fucking high up and you, you 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 see the floor below you so you need to just focus your eyes in the middle of the platform and just ignore the fact well there's there is a drop, um, yeah. and what I was thinking about is like uh, for both of us when we go up there, uh, what happens is that suddenly we are self-conscious again. Suddenly we we are in the same mind state as a big, like someone who's going to go, go up on canes for the first time. They experience the same. Holy shit! Like I need to go up here. This this is this feels scary. Like, and that puts you in this, a very self-conscious um, mode where you suddenly. Are prone to doubting your your ability or doubting your execution 
And when I, when I go up on those canes, like I press up slowly, I transfer slowly and I do yeah. all these things which are completely unnecessary, but it's because you're in this mind state of, of hyper-focusing on, on things that you don't need to. But obviously once you've been up there a few times and you're like, start getting comfortable, you, you it, it's not that bad anymore. Um, but I think that being too self-conscious uh, when, when executing can be detrimental because you're, you're 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 trying you're tr- literally trying too hard uh you you need to to be able to let go of that so that you can be in an intuitive mind state as you learn and practice and then you apply kind of this this conscious mind state um in pieces and when, when necessary when when doing yeah. technical analysis when trying to understand but but yeah if, if you're only there all the time it just feels that you're you're not really giving your your brain the space to learn, and uh, yeah, I think that is like a or it it was a very like recent kind of experience I had with with that. Yeah, it kind of actually shows a bit on the training journey that I'd say for a large part of your early training would have kind of been in that state, the hyper focus on detail and other stuff, but you probably wouldn't have been able to actually label it because you didn't have enough time with the just doing state. So you can see it like it's that kind of tentative movement. Like just think of say first kind of dance classes or first kind of theater classes before you kind of get into it. It's an easier state to relate to or pull pull up probably. Where you're like, oh, I'm gonna try do this. You know, you have to do a solo across the floor, and you're like, oh, I've never really done that. I'm not certain on what the moves are. I need to replicate the choreography, blah. But once you've kind of learned the choreography and got it into the body, then you can just do it. And it is that kind of like, you know, it's that. Beginner's mindset. Uh, the beginner's mindset. I don't. I don't know. An enthusiastically open mindset is very good, I think. But the beginner mindset isn't actually necessary. I suppose. Probably going to start ripping on beginner mindset, but mm-hmm. not so much as a concept. But it's that idea of like, oh, why would you want to be a beginner when you're like searching for that something, that something indefinable in your practice mm-hmm. in your context that can only come through a sort of i don't even say an expertise because you don't need to be an expert to experience it but you do need to let go of thinking Mm. and just do yeah yeah true like it's interesting you say that because it's it there's a couple of things that have annoyed me a little bit um uh with with seeing many people getting into it and like you say like having this always beginner mindset, this this way too humble thing. Oh yeah, you you need to always revisit the basics like this and like that, and like be 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 so like like humble bragging about like uh, like that. Yeah, you know the two arm handstand is such a complicated thing if you if you think about it, you know. And it's like yeah, but you can fucking do it. Yeah, like you've done it for seven years, so it's it it's it, in in one sense I totally agree. Yes, there's like loads of things you can. You can sense and feel and perfect and all that, but like, is it like what does it actually contribute with other than 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 you you spending extra time being extra aware of things that you can only be only make use of when you try to be extra aware? Because yeah. once, you, like, let's say just a two arm handstand, if I go and I train an entire hour, I'm just placing my weight in one certain perfect spot in my two-arm handstand, making it feel exactly like this and exactly like that. And and I spend a lot of time on that. While if I'm gonna do a two-arm and then transfer to a one arm, I will I will run my 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 
my autopilot program and just do it because like you like those that like hyper awareness can only at least to a degree can only be uh, experienced and used during a moment where you're extremely focused on a certain certain part of it so yeah i think that um spending too i i don't I'm, i certainly don't say it's it's unnecessary because it, it, it has a lot of value in like revisiting and, and sensations and stuff but i have seen people that i've talked that have gotten so obsessed in this that just like yeah but they just stopped training handstand and stopped developing their ability to to do things because it was suddenly so extremely important to focus on oh yeah but i feel this here and like this feels like that and it's like yeah but like like two weeks ago you were doing like very advanced stuff and now you're like regressing quite far to <clears throat> to to get into some very hyper conscious feeling thing yeah and i'm not saying it's a hundred percent unnecessary but I'm, I'm questioning the use it has because of the the difficulty of 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 using uh, that very conscious mind state when you're executing and i think it 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 connects like to that uh, concept of kahneman in thinking fast and slow the system one and two yeah. of of um of uh, brain power if you haven't read the book it's hard to read but it's it's a good book yeah uh, but you you i essentially what you want is you want to transfer the execution of your skill to system one and for those of you who don't know what system one and two is, basically Kahneman's uh, concept is that system one is a very intuitive, very effective and efficient, quick way for the brain to work, i.e. when you do things you can, like when I speak English language, which I'm pretty comf- comfortable with, I'm not using, I'm not being in like a, a very focused mode when I do yeah. it. Like it all flows, it's all kind of intuitive and, and, and easygoing. And this system is, is effective for quick thinking, as he calls it thinking fast but it also has it, it's also easy to do cognitive flaws with it while system two is is slower it uses more brain power i.e it uses more sugar for your brain to do and you, you're very focused you can hand you can solve complex problems with it but it's slow and yeah. you can't always be in that mind state when you're trying to to move fast if you're on a stage you you, you need to have built up response speed so that you can just act and so that you're you're you're, it's, you you get to that state where it feels like your body is just doing it. Yeah, no, that's kind of it's kind of interesting. Those system one too. I haven't really thought linking it to the school of Taoism. I mean, we do we divide the brain or the mind into five kind of separate parts, and one of the parts, the two parts that are opposed to each other, is the yi, the thinking, logical, analytic side of the brain, and the doing. And we say to do something one time correctly. It's a matter of clarity with your thinking side of your brain, your yi, basically. That if you can see something and replicate it and you're able to go within your abilities, then your yi is kind of working correctly. Your ego isn't getting in the way and just like you're replicating something and then you think it's perfect. You look back in the video and shit. But the ability to do something repeatedly goes into the other side of the brain, into the z, which is kind of like more to do with the willpower as much as anything else, where you're just like, okay, I'm just doing this. I'm just doing it. I'm just going to do it. And that's kind of mm. where you get like, if you're overusing the E to do something, you're thinking about every conscious detail, you're just not going to actually be able to string 10 or 15 of them together in one go. Mm. I'm, I'm using this very, again, consciously yeah. right now, actually, where I've um, 
I've started to train breakdancing power moves again, all yeah. the spin stuff. And I used to be way too analytic to just try once, film, analyze, and and like it would be very problematic because what would end up happening is that I try once, I look at the video or something, I look at it and I think maybe if I do this yeah. and then I try again. You look, you think maybe if I do this, so and what happens? And I mean, this is a bit of a bro science, but what it feels like happening is that I'm trying to do something different each time, almost like yeah. I have different cues or like I have a cue each time. So I'm focusing on different parts. And I've also done this with handstands, like even when coaching where I caught myself like, hey, I just need to give your cues because the person just needs to fucking try. Yeah. They need me to shut the fuck up and just get some time attempting. And now with practicing power moves, like allowing, uh, I'm just getting out of that mindset and going, okay, I'm just, I'm just trying to do the thing. And I try to get a couple of rounds of some things. And, uh, and I'm seeing like great progress. And it's interesting when I look back at kind of the days where I used to do this, like that was my thing. Yeah. And I saw all the guys that got really good. They were the ones just, they were just going. They, they had actually very little analytical focus on it. They, they would just go for trying to do the move again and again and again. And yeah. I do think there is a lot to the fact that like, I mean, the, the brain and the body is a learning machine. And I think it's, it's way of absorbing knowledge and uh, of absorbing and learning ability is it's, it's default setting almost. So giving it the time to to just sort this out and to trust that like the body is very capable at sorting things out is um is important and again it's it's not to say that you should only try and not think there's yeah. as i said an oscillation between between the two states is is important yeah no i definitely think there's kind of yeah that assessment phase has to end at some point and getting stuck mm-hmm. in it is it's a trap but it's also a trap to not do it like we can also just think, you know, to give the counterpoint of the person who it's one of those ones I remember I remember seeing this a lot in there was one circus group that would meet up in Dublin, probably still does, where it was meeting up in a park on a Tuesday and it had for certain points of time it had a decent amount of like the acro yoga partner acrobatic crowd turning up as well. And, you know, People like it was kind of quite a nice open session. So there was some high level people, there were some low level people, there was beginners, intermediates, you know, people been doing it for ages, blah. That kind of informal hobby session, basically. But there was like a lot of people, obviously, with the acro would be trying to do handstands, and their technique, like a lot of them were like say coming from yoga, they were yeah you know, strong enough and had you know. Decent alignment. They knew what they knew a handstand shape when they got it, but they just didn't get it every time. But the odd time you'd watch them, they might kick up. And I started counting people one day just to be my normal voyeuristic self. I was watching like, and there was kind of like this kind of chasing the dragon kind of effect of like you never catch the dragon, but they'd be kicking up and kick up, and then occasionally they'd stick a 10, 15 second handstand, but every other attempt was like four seconds or less or something like that. And I was like, oh, but this person has just gone the other way. Instead of thinking about the technique, and, you know, I could see, you know, mistakes they were making or repeated mistakes or going, okay, you just need to work on this. You'd need to work on this. If they were a student or if they'd ask me, then I'd be like, okay, you need to work on this before you can work on that or this needs to improve and then it'll get better. But they'd just gone the other way of just, like, kick and stick. 
uh, kind of, mm. and then what was interesting, I think more so than like if they were just constantly always doing three second handstands and never that, they probably would have just given up and done. Maybe they'd go, handstands isn't for me, I just can't do it. Or they'd go, okay, I need to actually get some coaching or go to class. But because they're having these kind of success moments that they're latching onto, and then you'd you talk to people and you go, well, you know, like, oh, my best handstand is 20 seconds. Awesome, cool. But then we go, well, what's the actual median of the handstand? It's something I've been thinking a lot about, actually, is like, Roy's, and, you know, there's think about statistics a lot lately, the misuse of statistics and the misunderstanding of numbers because it's fucking prevalent at the moment. It's, it's something that's annoying me, but we'll leave the pandemic topic away. But this idea of the median, it's like, oh, my best handstand is 50 seconds, and my but if I get rid of that 50 seconds and I get rid of my eight second handstand at the start and then I take the average of say five attempts then if I take the median my median handstand is actually only 12 seconds and I think that's kind of an interesting benchmark that's very neglected in in training in general it's like what's your actual median it's like oh my PR at bench press is 150 kilos but you know if I tried PR to whatever you know work it out this way so it's kind of an interesting way to, you know, I'm going to put this up on the Handstand Factory Instagram. I want to make a post on, like, setting some median as your baseline rather than your PRs. It's kind of, it is, you know, it's not going to say, like, say we're to do, like, here's a, here's a little challenge for anyone who wants to try this. At the start of your handstand session, you're going to pick an entry you like, whatever you want, kick up, straddle, tuck up, hike up, whatever. And you're going to make 10 attempts at it. You're going to do it every session for a week. And of those 10, you're going to see on those days, you're going to go, how many did I hit? How many did I stick to a three-second handstand? And then how many did I not hit to a three-second? So record the numbers. And then over your five days of training in the week, you're going to get rid of the highest number. So one day you get 10 and get rid of the lowest number. We stuck none of them. And find out what the three middle ones are, the average of the three middle ones. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, that's actually... A good one. I think it's good yeah, because it's one of those ones like I'm I'm not like I'm not working on private coaching at the moment just because with all the writing I'm doing at the moment with the books and the other stuff coming out. So, but it's something I'm thinking about like setting baselines. How do we actually set a baseline? It's like oh, if I, you know, if we're working with say percentage programs, even it's like oh, I set a PR of like five presses, and I want to work on four presses as my as my set. I want to do five sets of five as my goal. But then actually your median of presses or you could do over the course of a week would only be two. Well, then maybe you should be setting a goal of five sets of two first. Get that and then think about bringing it up. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't taught this concept out too much, you know, or translated it into conceptual baselines. But I think setting the median can be quite an interesting relevatory thing because like we all have that kind of thing where you have a peak day. Training is amazing. Everything's working. You're fresh. Blah, and you go like, oh, I blasted my handstand. I can now do a minute and a half on my hands. Or, you know, I've done 30 seconds on one arm or something like that. Whereas, like, well, what's the median? And something, you know, as a coach as well, I've been thinking about because, like, the tendency when you're working with your clients, when they send you video, they send you the best. And sometimes you have to poke them a little and go, like, okay, that's really good. You've done everything right, but I need to see some of the shit ones to decide how we're actually going to train. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, and you ask that, it's like, it's like, oh, here's my kick up the handstand. I kicked up, held it for, uh, someone's starting, 10 seconds. I kicked up, held it for 10 seconds, and I've done it exactly as you programmed. That's great, but it's just, it was right. Everything was right, but I need to see why, where you're making the mistakes, the program. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, yeah. 
yeah, it's 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 for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, consistency in 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 general. I mean, I think that is that is something that's most people that that chase handstands they they do chase consistency. It's kind of the it consistency being the kind of the main parameter for the display of control or not. Yeah. Um, can you do it? Uh, and yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I think past a certain level, like past, I mean, when, when I see like really high level hand balancers, uh, that like they are very often, they are bored with consistency. There are some that like basically only chase consistency still, yeah. but there are like ma- many that like kind of go into this area of just like, okay, I'm just going to try to mess around and to do a really difficult switch or a really difficult this or that because because like you've you've done kind of experienced most of the sensations of doing things yeah. and then the there is maybe less satisfaction to derive from like okay I did it again I could execute the same function one yeah. more time and you just want to like try something stupid and uh yeah I'm certainly in in that category to a large degree as well the dopamine switch of the brain has gone so off long, it's, Huh? The dopamine switch of the brain has gone off. It's like I've done the handstand <laughs> so many times, I get nothing from it. Yeah, it's just like okay, well, I've I've done this and I've done that, and like the, like, even the consistency itself. Like, yeah, it's important for certain things that I'm going to use on stage, but past that, it's it's not that important. Um, it's cool for certain things, absolutely, but but to to only have that as a, uh, I mean, because. You 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 want to have enjoyable experience with this as well as all the all the uh, the frustration that you are bound to have. So uh, yeah, like in 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 one sense, it's it's definitely fun with all this kind of because it it can I guess be be linked to the thing of like how much do you play and how much do you train. Yeah. Um, and then the training. For some be, people being very much the the driving force, or for some like the the kind of play being much more what is interesting, and yeah, to me at least, I I find it. Uh, I think actually right now I'm I'm better at having a good combination on that than in a very long time, and I and right now I've been doing a lot more training than I've been doing play, particularly yeah. because of the show where I've just been like I've had more more rest days a week where which has been good uh but i've done like a couple of harder sessions pretty heavy and then just like left have left it alone because i knew okay tomorrow we need to run this and that scene and like stuff in the show where like i don't really need to use my handstand skills but there's other things going on so then it's like okay well there's no point trying to train handstand six days a week and i've rather done like maybe four uh where i've done Handstands and maybe even three where I've trained like hard, um, yeah. but um, yeah, it 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 depends a lot on on the period and I think again on on what the person enjoys, uh, which again is one of the things that we've talked a lot about before and still remains to me the most important thing that like you're you're feeling that there's some sort of you're getting some sort of value out of of doing this. Uh, and I think for many there it becomes kind of this thing where you you sit and you kind of imagine what you could learn and what you want to do and the things that are cool and like you you sort of start creating a sort of like um, 
this uh, how to how can I call it? Um, like you fantasize uh, yeah. about yeah, if I learn this and I can do that, and it becomes this like entire thing. As as we I think humans do most things, like you 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 find some system and then you adhere to that system or you create the system uh, in in one sense. And I think I think that's cool, but it needs to needs to be enjoyable. So um, yeah, having like I think if if you don't find any joy in only training then maybe you might want to fuck around a bit more and try and play yeah. and then for those who if if you just try and play and you think that's all right but you make no results and that's a little bit annoying to you well then you you might need to to get some structure on your things uh rather than just like floop around with whatever you feel is fun in the moment so there's like there's a, certainly a balance to be struck between those, I think, for most individuals. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of one of the things that just popped in my head is would we have such a big focus on the perfect technique and the perfect stuff if you didn't have access to a camera in your training session? Mm. Like, True. say if I said, say if I said to someone, here's your program, you're not allowed to video yourself or you just, just video, like, you know, video like video is very. I find video one of the greatest innovations for training we've ever had in terms of stuff. But into and the easy access to it, rather than like having a VHS that runs like thing and then having to get whatever old camcorder style. But at the same time, if you were to just go like, okay, just do a program. This is the way like I learned. You know, most of the handstands was like you'd have a class. Like you know, I wasn't training the handstand setup in school. We'd have a teacher every day or every second day. You just have a couple of handstand classes during the week. You'd know kind of your general flaws are like, oh, my knees tend to bend, so I just work on that. But you'd have to do it all through feeling. And that would be mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And that would just be, you know, there wouldn't be so much of a, well, technique was definitely a focus. There wasn't a hyper focus on the details of technique because you just didn't have access to see what you're doing every set. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, there's a challenge um, for you actually. Yeah, that's that's on your breakdown mm. stuff. Don't mm. film yourself for a week. Mm. Yeah, might be might actually be pretty good. Yeah, just go um, in and just you know set a whatever you're doing, set your block of time or how many attempts you're going to do or whatever, and just do it. Mm. And don't actually film yourself. Yeah, that's that's um, that might actually be pretty good because like it's also like a thing with that like yeah right now i'm like almost the training i do is like conditioning yeah because like the body can do a bunch of the moves uh but um like like i did it yesterday and i'm so fucking smashed in the entire body in a way that i haven't been in like <laughs> years uh because it's just like not now i'm like I'm, I'm i'm pushing further and i'm doing like longer combinations and trying to keep going keep going and like yeah like around the hips and the obliques and kind of the <laughs> lower back and everything it's just like ugh. it feels good but pretty damn trash so today i'm like off 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 100 <laughs> which um just just gonna go and do do the fucking stretching program you gave me um <laughs> and that's what i'm going to do afterwards <laughs> nice nice yeah, it's a good thing to do. I don't blame you. I've been doing my own stretching programs lately. I kind of have like this rough idea. I'm just going to throw it out there towards the end of the cast. Where like I'm approaching 40. And I said, let's get some catchy goal for the next like year and a half of training. I was thinking like Figa by 40 as a challenge. 
How old are you now? So I'm 38. So my brother was two months ago or three months ago. Mm-hmm. So like 38 and 10 months. Or, so I have a, month, a year and 10 months to go. Now, what? Since you did have one arms before, I mean. Yeah, like this is the kind of thing, like I also kind of picked FIGA because like I never done, never had FIGA back in the day. Never had it. Had like straight, like that's the kind of thing, back when I learned thing, FIGA wasn't really a thing. Like I can remember, yeah, it just wasn't a move that people were doing back then. Or in London anyway, it was kind of more of a Russian move and then it kind of got popular across the thing. So it's kind of thinking like, okay, there's a challenge. Then I kind of set some tiers like, a C tier Figa would be like doing it from four finger support and then taking the hand off. Basic. Mm. B tier will be going like from a straddle to it. A tier will be going straddle Figa. Hold, you know, hold, hold times greater than five seconds will be the goal. And then back to straddle. Then an S tier will be from full to Figa. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a hard one. Yeah. Two, two years for that, that would be two years, impressive. Yeah. It's kind of what I was saying. I think I'm gonna like I'm gonna do a three month training strength because like need to basically I kind of worked out some of the thing the benchmarks I need personally for it. So I know like my best hand balance happens at 85 kilos. Right now I'm about mm-hmm. 96 and a half kilos. That means I need to lose 10 kilos. That's fine. So I need to do that and then also tailor some more benchmarks along the way. So it's a bit more like block periodization to the training. So I think that's gonna gonna be an interesting an interesting project because I can like. Yeah. Essentially, map out the stages. This is kind of the way we'd use block periodization. Is we'll map out the stages of the training. First section of training, this, this, and this are our benchmarks. The other things we're working on. Everything else can go fuck itself. Mm. Yeah, you need to keep me keep me updated on that. Yeah, I'm I'm man, I'm definitely going to be picking. I'm basically just going to be sending you a video from now on once I get past yes, a please. certain point. But it's kind of, yeah, it's going to be an interesting kind of two year. I'm going to start doing a bit more public stuff as well just because I've had a few requests. But yeah. it's still just that kind of yeah, it'd just be interesting just to have, like, instead of going, like, oh, just try and get this before. It's like, okay, let's try just, like, before you hit that, you know, age 40 decline and just have to take steroids. Just fine. If someone <laughs> wants to pay for testosterone replacement and send it to me, that'll be fine. I don't mind, I don't mind if it's, like, from some guy in your gym. <laughs> some bunk gear from, like, Estonia. Yeah, I'll be a Varby. You send me the VAR, I'll take it. That'd be amazing. Varby, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking of that as like a little project. Then I was like, okay, I'll stage out first stage, get down 10 kilos. I can do that in about two or three months. Bring presses back up. So I need to get, yeah, pressing sort of five, six presses in a row, I think, will be good. Yeah, it's good to have. Yeah. Basically, those kind of things, just kind of stage it out. It'll be also just interesting, you know, see how fast things come back. Because like, it's that kind of mm-hmm. thing, like right now with one arms is like, oh, I literally just, I'm not strong enough to keep my weight over the balance point, but I can still, when it clicks, it mm. actually balances. So, like, losing 10 kilos mm. will fix that very quickly, I think. Mm. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a plan. Yeah. So, uh, that's the kind of thing. I think it, like, this is the kind of thing. It's, I've worked it out roughly, and I think it's just about doable in terms mm. of training. Uh, I'm thinking yeah, like I mean if 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 you if you stay like wrist uninjured for two years yeah. and you have solid progress, you get to a decent one arm in a year, um and then yeah, work pretty hard towards if you got it could happen. Could happen. Yeah, that's uh, I think of myself as like, okay, we've got this kinda cast. Yeah, basically staying wrist uninjured is the biggest challenge for me. Mm. And that's kinda Yeah, that is that is a big very big one. 
Or this is the other challenge. Like I could have like an ultimate tier S plus and a C plus tier on the left hand. The left hand is objectively worse at balancing, mm. but it's uninjured. The classic. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it all on canes, though. That could be. I have um, like. That's, a, I mean, yeah. Figa, figa, for Figa, canes is huge. So good oh, for yeah. learning it. Oh, yeah, definitely like be yeah, cycling in a lot of canes. All comes down to if, you know, the top secret project comes to fruition as well. Project M. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is important. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Needs yeah. to. Yeah. That, yeah. Top secret project. Hopefully it's being announced towards the end of the month. If it works. Yes. If not, we just forget that I ever mentioned top secret project. Yeah, yeah then, it's, yeah. then it's like... It, it it then then it's like um uh what what's it called um secret service shit that like never never it 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 was it was all fake news yeah all fake news the earth is flat the earth is flat and it's actually just a giant set of canes and that's how it balances in space ah, right I think we're approaching the hour we are actually approaching the hour yeah. so I think that was a good kind of. That was a bit rambly, but on topic. That was an interesting ramble. On yeah, on, handstand, on topic. On topic and, yeah, kind of getting Impressive. into the deeper layer of the handstand. So just to wrap up, uh, once again, welcome back to the handstand cast for our third season. Thank you. Thanks everyone who listens and keeps us going. We're like, we were still, oddly enough, we were still getting into the top fitness charts, top 250 worldwide over the last while when we weren't making episodes. So people were obviously catching up and doing that. And that's just great. The enthusiasm we get off you guys. If you have any topics you would like us to do, just DM Handstand Factory on Instagram and just say, podcast topic, this is it. We'll see what comes in. Maybe someone we've covered already. If you'd like us to cover a topic again that we've already covered, but go back to it, you know, let us know. Just, just let us know what you're interested in if you're listening. Or you can send it to me and Mikael as well. Uh, yeah, we're kind of planning our guests as well. We're going to have some cool guests just coming up or over the course of the year. Uh, other than that, shall we let them go? I think it's yeah. I think it's time. It is time. Hold on. Where's my where's my thing? Why do you make me do this? <laughs> the handstand cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horworth. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes. Do, 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 do.